Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast for Manchester News. I'm Rich Fay. I'm delighted to be joined again by Charlotte Dunker. Hello. And by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello. And today we are reflecting on the game against Arsenal, 2-all at Old Trafford. There's echoes of the United of old maybe in, in the performance but overall maybe a deserved point against a side who are now 20 games unbeaten but defensive errors all over the park from both teams Yes it was pretty chaotic at times there were a number of occasions where United defenders were throwing themselves out of the ball at the man uh, th- th- there was no real you know it, th- they just do not look composed in the slightest when when teams attack them like that and Arsenal have got some very fleet footed players who, who clearly troubled them uh, I, I mean the, the, that said I think the, the defenders did, did reasonably well I thought there was some Commendable performances, uh, Rojo up until he uh, did what Rojo does up. best. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, you get that with him. I mean, there must have been some people watching, thinking, "Should we really sell?" This he was guy? laughing after as well. It was yeah. the look was, on his face. He was so happy, wasn't he? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it, it, he's he's not good enough for United. He never will be good enough for United. But he occasionally does look quite committed, and, and he certainly uh, was very committed in the Arsenal game. But it's it's not. It's not necessarily enough, but sometimes his character is something that Mourinho really buzzes off. And following on from what he said about the Mad Dogs at, at the weekend, it was like you know certain United players went feral. Yeah, uh, a dog, wasn't it? They were pressing. They, there was some pace as well. Uh, I think the most encouraging thing about it was the front three. I think Marshall, uh, Lingard, and Rashford. That's that's a really exciting, ideal blend uh, of attackers up there. It's not perfect. It's not at world class standard. Not. not kidding anyone here I think Marshall's got the potential to uh, to be a world class player um, I think with Lingard he, he's someone who is still getting better all the time but that was still his first club goal in, in 10 months Rashford's lack of goal scoring is well documented at, at United level but for the here and now which is all that matters I think that has to be United's front three uh, it was it was just quite striking how Lukaku when he came on it just disintegrated that pace that pressing it was non-existent and the, the, the telling stat uh, a little bit like Mourinho I'm not one usually <laughs> who usually goes for stats but completing one pass in 34 minutes is just just pitiful yeah and the only real impact he made in, in maybe a positive sense was immediately for the equalising goal for Lingard wasn't it it was the, the long ball that was pumped towards him it caused a bit it was of problem towards him though wasn't it, it but he didn't like really do he anything with flick it. Yeah. On. it was just his, his presence his, his presence was there and then Arsenal uh, there, there was mass indecision between I think it was Kolasinac and, and Leno and it's 2-2 so uh, yeah I, I wouldn't be giving Lukaku any credit for <laughs> what he did for that goal or what he did during the whole of the game I feel like yeah United sort of resorted to type maybe towards the end of the game but Charlotte there was, there was echoes of there's some encouraging signs for United fans at least maybe lots of fan favourites came back in as well I know the uh, seven changes caused chaos to us working out just who had been dropped and who had re- remained from the game against Southampton yeah, I just couldn't work it out I think yeah. I got to six and I was like who's the 
seventh one. There's just too many, but Mourinho just keeps doing that. And that just echoes, I think, one of the biggest problems that he's got. He's not sticking with players. He's not giving them a chance. I'm not saying that Pogba and Lukaku should have started yesterday. I think both of them have been pretty poor and deserve to be dropped. But how's that team ever going to get any consistency? I think it's 46 changes now he's made. How many games has it been? 14? 15 uh, 15, 15 in the league yeah. 15 in the league yeah. 46 changes more than any other Premier League manager what just what where do you go from here you just, I guess, yeah, yeah where do you go from here he needs to he'd stuck with his back two hadn't he Small and Lindelof fair enough injuries means he can't play them but midfield and the forwards Samuel just said said they're the forwards they're the most exciting attacking three but there'll be absolutely no surprise on Saturday if Lukaku's back yeah. No one would be shocked. He was, he was poor, but you wouldn't be shocked, would you? And no. then it'd be like, oh, Jose, why have you decided to drop Marcus Rashford and he'll come up with some Bizarre. ridiculous I, I think excuse? The thing about um, last night's game, as, as eventful and watchable as it was, I think the, the team selection was still maybe the, the, the biggest talking point of it um, yeah. post-match. Not so much even for... Pogba or Lukaku but Fred who's fourth most expensive signing in United's history and was in the director's box with his pick and mix top in the first half oh just like you Rich you're a big pick and mix fan <laughs> I'm a big pick and mix fan but... at a coffee in the, in the second half I mean I don't think anybody would have envisaged that happening um I mean, it was quite interesting that Mourinho said when he was asked about the front three, he said they're quite light. And he said it in a way that was like, it almost felt a little bit disparaging because he's a manager who's renowned for, um, you know, settling on power players, physical players. And he, he wants that from his teams. He's not a lot of the managers, it's diminutive players, fleet footed, but Mourinho's never been associated with that. And you think Fred would supplement them quite well um, Herrera certainly does I mean there's Herrera's not the most physical of players but he gets about he's, he's, he's quite hyperactive and Fred's not really been had that run of, of, of games where he's been allowed to show what he could bring yeah. in that system and that's another issue as well I mean I think Fred has played in a, 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 a United formation where they've had a back three four four three three as well you, I don't think Mourinho quite knows how how he should fit in but I suppose the only context you'd say is that you, you look at Bernardo Silva for, at Manchester City last season as an example come January people wondering whether his time was up there because they were interested in Mahrez uh, I can't quite see Fred turning it around quite as spectacularly as, as Bernardo Silva has who knows let's see, let's see if you can prove you're wrong that's a challenge to Fred it is um, the other players Charlotte that played um, fans were happy to see like you said Herrera he sort of embodies everything that if I wants to see maybe on the pitch but buying Rojo at the back and they have touched them before do you think either of them's played their way to start on 11 while Lindelof's no. out oh while Lindelof's out yeah. I, th- I thought you were about when, every- when, when everyone's fit I'm going with no I thought I thought Rojo I thought Rojo and Baye did alright bear in mind they've not played together that's Marcus Rojo's first start Baye he's not really had very many minutes to be honest when the team sheet came out I was thinking it's got disaster class written all over it and it wasn't as bad at the back as you might have expected um, Delo got done a few times but Divided opinion, I think, Delo last night. Um, encouraging, wasn't he, Mourinho? He was, he, after was very, the game. he was very vulnerable to Kolasinac. Yeah. There were times yeah. when he just snipped in at the last minute, but he, he was leaving it so late, he thought at one stage it will get to a point where he'll just give away a penalty and he'll yeah. take, you know, Kolasinac will get there. Um, but to be fair to him, it's his first... Exp- yeah, exactly. Ex- yeah. He, he didn't barely got any minutes against Southampton, did it? That's his first Premier League ex- 
experience and it's against Arsenal. Yeah, like, it's not a, talk about not throwing you in at the deep end. He, he, he got a, it was, it was a six out of 10 performance. Bearing in mind, it was his first league start. Yeah. He was coming up against a, a good side, a very buoyant side as well. Uh, but I think Mourinho's comments about, you know, next right back for, uh, for the next 10 years which he said before uh, in, in, in Bern and, and bringing Gary Neville into it did you know, smack of Portuguese favouritism there a little bit we'll wait and see on that one before we judge it too much um, the lineup again though we said a lot about Pogba being dropped what do you think this holds for him in the in the bigger games for United we've got Liverpool away on the horizon getting at the Valencia doesn't really matter anymore so that's not, not a problem but Liverpool away would you expect to see Pogba back in I know we've got two games before then to judge it on but it, it, it is it is difficult to judge it now I think would you I just, I, I, yeah I would I, th- I, I mean you know we, we have to do our panel um, ahead of every game and I had him in for the Arsenal game with Herrera and Fred and obviously I knew that was not going to happen yeah. anyway but it's, it's all personal opinion um I mean, Matic is is undroppable in in Mourinho's eyes. Uh, I think the only thing that's weirder about than Matic being undroppable is that he was given man of the match against Arsenal. I don't know quite. Mm. I I don't know who made who's Stephen McManaman's choice. That that does explain quite a lot, then I suppose. Uh, But I would have him in there because, as maddening as he is, and. I think the the moment at Southampton that was popping a microcosm was that he'd slipped over, but then he somehow managed to control the ball, which is a technique very few footballers can do. But then he gets up, he's got time in it, he's looking up, and then the next thing he knows, oh, the ball's been taken off him and he's not putting a challenge in. Uh, but he can make something happen. Those moments have been very few and far between. He's far more feckless than he is phenomenal for United. Uh, but it's also, I think, just... You know, in terms of game management, I don't think he's the kind of player you bring on in a game and is then going to influence it. Um, the, the, the severe scandal in in March, I think, what kind of like went under the radar a little bit because it was such a dreadful defeat was that Pogba came on at nil nil and was absolutely woeful. Yeah. So, I would start him in that game, irrespective of what happens between now and then. But it has come to the point where he doesn't feel as essential in this United side but it's a bit of a double-edged sword because when it was obvious that he wasn't in the squad for City I think a lot of United fans just pretty much conceded defeat and just expected them to get easily beaten because on his day he is still he is the best player in the United squad but it's his no his, De Gea is well yeah. okay outfield player, outfield player yeah. Yeah. If, if we take if we take De Gea out of the equation but the problem is his days is, is few and far between isn't yeah. it and that's the issue I think in a big game if United fans see he's playing they always hope that they're going to get that Pogba that won United the derby last season that he's going to show that grit and determination but at times of season he just doesn't seem bothered like yesterday in the warm-up he was you don't obviously want he's not going to be crying is he like but he just didn't look bothered like he's been dropped for one of the biggest games of the season he was was, was laughing and joking with Mkhitaryan so I'm not saying he shouldn't speak to the opposition sound like like, sort of Roy Keane here I know sorry don't get started on the haircut oh Oh no, his hair hair doesn't bother me. But on the pitch though, he's just not showing that fight. Everything he said about Ander Herrera, he shows fight and determination and spirit. Pogba just recently hasn't had that. And that's the difference as well as the quality. Because if you're not going to 
show that you're a good player than at least show that you're willing to fight. And in that Southampton game, it was just gone. And do you think that's maybe something that Mourinho's blamed for, which isn't in his control at all, really? If it's Pogba's attitude, Pogba's the one, Pogba's the only person that can turn around his own fortunes. I think Mourinho's been blamed for a lot of things that aren't necessarily his fault, but he picks the team and he's been making some absolutely ridiculous decisions, in my opinion. So there is partial blame on both sides it's his tactics it's his team selection but like you say he can't go out there and make them kick the ball no but, and in, in the same way that Mourinho's always criticized if a player plays badly maybe he doesn't get any credit for dropping Pogba you know United played better without him maybe but he brought him on yeah I mean he, he did he, he was teed up to kind of say well look what happened when, yeah. when you don't play Paul Pogba but he, I don't think he he, he said that, yeah. I think he said to the reporters I don't know what direction you want me to go in when he knew full well what direction he wanted him to go in uh, and he said I thought Paul played well which was just it just seemed like a kind of you know a borderline throwaway remark really uh, I mean you know, I think Charlotte makes a valid point in terms of Pogba's attitude and appearances are key in these things and the fact he was even laid out for the second half uh, to take his seat the game had got I think it was nearly two minutes old when he came out of the tunnel I don't know what his excuse would be for that um, you know F- F- Sir Alex Ferguson always said how one of the reasons why Solskjaer was so good coming off the bench was that he would watch the game intently find you know understand where the spaces were where he could exploit the opponents and that's why he was he was so prolific off the bench but so I know it's a generational thing sometimes because players come from different backgrounds and all that and what have you but you with Pogba he's got brand awareness but he's got no self-awareness there's just no it's shameless I think everybody knew that with the whole emoji thing against Liverpool a couple of seasons ago if he could stoop to that then he's not going to he's going to be brazen about doing anything whether it's coming out late for uh, the second half of the game or just pretty much dossing around during a a warm-up one of it. I mean, earlier you said that the, the most surprising thing last night was Matic getting a mile of match. Rojo taking free kicks as well. Was that something you were ever expected? And it was on target. And it was on target. I think maybe Mourinho saw Cedric, who's never taken a free kick score against United <laughs> on the weekends, and thought, why don't United try their own? But it was encouraging and um, probably better than Phil Jones on corners ends up anyway, wasn't it? Because I think that, again, it just kind of like typifies the... <laughs> What, you do wonder sometimes what they work on in the training ground like Mourinho said we work on this every week then it comes to the game and it, it just goes yeah. to pot um, I mean Rashford still takes corners and, I, and nobody ever has faith on him claiming an assist from them uh, I think the two free kicks he scored have both been goalkeeping errors the, the Celta Vigo goalie and uh, I think the Benfica the young Belgian yeah. Svila last season as well when he carried it over the line uh, it, you know, I mean, in fairness to Rojo, I think there was some gallows humour as well from Jay Stansing if, if Rojo scores were on the pitch. Uh, and he very nearly did, but it, you know, it, it led to a goal. But again, it's just, it's off the cuff stuff. And this is not what you associate with, with a Mourinho side. You expect them to be organised, everyone to know their cues. And, you know, Rojo's not that was his first appearance since May and here he is rocking up taking free kicks but again you know, he was committed led to a goal 
if it can happen every game, then he, he should be on them all the time. But I, I highly doubt it will Don't be the case. Don't think they've got a new free kick team. Not yet. No. no. I have to shoot that one down. But I guess one thing we've, <laughs> we've not really established, Charlotte, uh, both managers maybe after the game, and it's, it's both sets of fans as well, almost feel hard done by. You've seen players on both sides as well say that maybe they deserved the win. Do you think the draw was the fair result last night? Because all the goals could have easily been avoided if the defences were on top. Yeah, and I think going into the game, I read some um, the odds and it said United were favourites, which I, I'm current form. I could not get my head around no. that one. Um, I guess it is that, that quirk we always discuss where you're more confident about United playing the big team rather than one of the smaller ones, Southampton away, Cardiff away, you worry about already before Christmas. I suppose there's, there's an element of that and also Mourinho's home record against Arsenal. I don't think he's ever lost to them no. at home. And I guess Emery's got a good record as well. Hasn't yeah, he? and... and Weirdly, I think Arsenal have won two times at Old Trafford in the league this century. I think Wenger only got three league wins there, which, yeah. again, given how brilliant his his first two Arsenal sides were, is, and is another United bit of teams he's played against as well. Yeah, absolutely. Which has been interesting. But you think a, a draw was a deserved result? Oh, I, I forgot the question. <laughs> it's okay. The draw, a fair result. Yeah, I, I'd probably say so. Both, both, like you said, both sets of players came out and said they deserve to get the third goal, but you didn't really see where it was coming from. I, one of the most telling things I thought at the end, which just shows you how far United, far United have fallen, is that there was warm applause from the fans at the end. Like it's a two-all draw against Arsenal at home, and that's expect. That's now a positive, good thing. I guess that's just a different question of do United fans need to learn to accept less this season yeah I I suppose they do because they're not going to go out and win the league are they but there is uh, there have been a couple of pieces like questioning why United fans getting um, angry about situations I mean there there was there was loud booing at the end of the Palace game Uh, I'm trying to think what game it was earlier this season but there seemed an occasion where Mourinho was specifically booed as he approached the, the tunnel but it's still not on the level of Van Gaal even though there are, yeah. there are parallels, but it's the fact that you know they are in the Champions League last sixteen, which it doesn't count for a great deal. But I think United fans are knowledgeable enough to know that there's an acceptance that he's not going to get sacked um, if they're in the Champions League last sixteen, because it's always this precedent of top four qualifica- uh, Champions League qualification. And also, I think a lot of United fans don't want to stoop to the level of of other uh, clubs they're fans Arsenal, are they? no they're, they're no. not I mean you have the fan TV morons who, who like to think they speak for supporters but they don't and um, I think what was more striking than last night was at Southampton whereby okay United were 2-0 down but the second half performance there was there was barely any you know plan to go and get a winner yeah at the end of the game the all the players went to the supporters uh, applauding them the supporters were applauding them back chanting as well and it was quite positive even though that was a, an undeniably negative result and I think it has been a bit of a theme um, with United fans since Ferguson retired they I remember that being there when they were getting hammered 3-0 by Liverpool and they're singing 20 times 20 times Man United they're not getting on the manager's back um, with Van Gaal there was a breaking point in that Southampton game where he was specifically booed at half time and at full time and you thought maybe he is going to go but then again I think there was an acceptance pretty soon after that this guy isn't going to get the sacks. Get going to get the sack until the end of the season and 
the Midgeland game, which was the absolute nadir of Van Gaal's mm-hmm. ebb. You had that song about freezing cold on a Thursday night and we're playing... I can't repeat the rest <laughs> of the words, but they they tend to um, opt for gallows humour, which I suppose is a is a good defence mechanism in a way. Yeah, yeah feel sorry so, for yourself, and no one else can make fun of you, really. So. Yeah, yeah. So I think that there's a definitely a conscious effort to separate themselves from who are in their minds the, the more shallow football supporters in the country yeah I think they're, all, they're always going to support them and there's not going to be this booing like you've seen at other other grounds but it's just the performance wasn't great last night it was full of it was full of mistakes it was but it was oh the fact it, it was, was good sort of like United they standards. tried it was better it was better it's like oh it was better and there was effort and we didn't lose but sure that's because the, the bar's been set so low I know but that, and that's what I'm no, that's what I'm saying that's just a, that's the epitome of the season isn't it the bar is that low that given giving away goals like they did last night against Arsenal and managing to draw two all at home to a team that haven't won at Old Trafford in 12 years, is it? In the league. In the league. Yeah. 12 years. 2006. 2006 in the league. That's now good. If, if you were a supporter in the stands at the end, would you have applauded at full time? Uh, yeah, because I'm not saying they shouldn't have applauded. I'm just saying it reflects how things have changed that that's that this is now it's a new reality yeah that this is the new reality that this is the level this is the level of good now that's deemed to be good and everyone can walk away and go oh that wasn't as bad as we were expecting because some people thought they were going to get battered i'm just as a reality as a whole it's not great is it i think pogba said back in april or may said something interesting in an interview with espn when he i think he said that you know we need to separate ourselves from sir alex ferguson era need to move on yeah, from it it's completely different and it's com- and he's completely right ferguson era is very very current so people are always gonna think you know i should operate by those standards but they botched the handover uh the next guy who came in wasn't the right man Mourinho. I mean, I think a lot of people have, you know, the jury's in on him. They don't think he's the right man either. So this is the new reality. It's, it's probably, I mean, you know, there was, there was the, uh, the documentary the other, uh, the other night about Too Good to Go Down. And I think the promo trail, you've got Jimmy Hill saying that Louis Edwards and Matt Busby are more to blame for yeah, the current on the right plight side. rather than the manager, Franco Farrell. And you think... Similar. There are there, there are parallels there, even though the manager is obviously culpable for a lot of things wrong with the club. Spoke after the game as well. This last point, really, Mourinho alluded maybe to the quality not being there um, in the squad. Uh, January on the around the corner, uh, Charlotte. Do you think? There we go. Do you think Mourinho? Does it, <laughs> do you think Mourinho has any sort of sort of back? Any well, any relevance play- to be back? One player. He said he wants, isn't it? He said, yeah. right. So right it's going to be. He's. he's going to be a central defender but would you back Mourinho to to buy a central defender who can actually make a difference no looking at his track record of the players he's bought and the way he uses them if I was Ed Woodward I'm not sure I'd be happily handing over my millions of pounds of cash to someone you look at his track record recently he doesn't trust the players he's bought Fred doesn't make the squad buy or a little rare treat for you you Mm. get a run out it's just I'm not I'm not sure Maybe he's going to get the backing, but I'm not sure that's going to be the answer, to be honest. Samuel, do you have a contrasting opinion? I think it it could go... It wouldn't surprise me if they don't in January... uh, Sorry, if they do in January without making a signing. They're they're very 
cautious about how they approach it they're always like we would be prepared to sign someone if the right player was available for them last year sorry this year Sanchez mm-hmm. was the right player available um, so there's there's, n- there's nothing really more to report on that front but Mourinho ideally would want I think two players at the very least but there's you know you have to be realistic and United don't I think the last time they signed more than one player in a January transfer window was back in 2009 uh, which was Zoran Tosic Adam Jajic and Richie Delat. and that went uh, down well didn't it I think they must have <laughs> hard act to follow b- between them they must have played about nine times for United and obviously the uh, the Jajic deal was was kiboshed in the end anyway so um, even though they're open to doing business in January uh it's that they just I think the the term that was used um, last year by someone at the club was that it's a seller's market which was quite appropriate given they did, got decent um, fees for uh, Memphis Depay and, and Schneidlin uh, in in the January 2017 window and I think Sean Goss went as well that there'll be some movement but it wouldn't be a surprise if it's just academy kids being loaned out or sold but why would you if if there's serious question marks over Mourinho's future why on earth would you give a manager that could potentially be sacked say say they get knocked out of the Champions League and top four is, is going to be a struggle why would you give a manager that's not going to be there next season a massive budget to go and buy players because Mourinho's already made it clear that he's having to mop up from the signings that other people have brought into the club that he necessarily wouldn't have done so surely if that's if that's the long end game that Mourinho's going to go if they don't get Champions League football why give him a massive budget in January there has to be a commitment to the football side though they they gave him a contract in January then they didn't bother to back him in the summer yeah true he's been vindicated by saying I need a forward I need a, a and he defender was, and he was and right he was completely yeah. right about that and yes he's made a rod for his own back not not playing certain signings when he should have played them uh, but it reflects horrendously on the Glazers don't care because they they don't know anything about football anyway but Ed Woodward who sees himself as a a part technical director director of football to just stand back and say we're not going to give you money uh, even though we could win the FA Cup and win the Champions League yeah it is possible uh it, it reflects pretty horrendously on him and the problem he's got as well although I think he's pretty much seen as a bulletproof guy by the Glazers because of the remarkable commercial um, the way he, he, he operates that side of things um, that there will come a tipping point with the supporters and you only have to go back to October what they were singing about the board uh, and siding with Mourinho so I think that there has to be a commitment to spend there and Although it's difficult to see a, a panacea out there, uh, there are players who are available at reasonable prices. I think Alderweireld is a prime example, but whether United are going to take on the Levy challenge there remains to be seen. Who knows? We <coughs> shall see. Head into January. Full at home on the weekend. One that maybe even United could win. Charlotte is feeling confident. Maybe even. Who knows? Who knows? Are you feeling confident ahead of that one? No. No. Oh, do I, don't, I don't feel any confidence for United going into any game at the minute, but you don't know, you'd hope maybe some 3-0, something like that. 
mm. bit of confidence booster ahead of Liverpool the weekend after, oh, and the Champions League midweek. Valencia, at least yeah. the Valencia away game. Nothing can really, nothing bad can happen. That like, second place assured. Yeah, it's fine. Lots of away trips for you, Samuel. Lots of miles to clock up. Valencia, Liverpool, Cardiff. Cardiff. Yeah. What more could you want ahead of the Christmas? <laughs> Christmas trip to Cardiff. Yeah, I, I thought it was bad enough with Leicester at seven forty-five on the twenty-third last year, but uh, I, I, I would swap that for as a five thirty at Cardiff. Well, on the luckily the FA Cup isn't Friday night, so we're, we're all saved a well, Friday night trip to Old Trafford in yeah. January. But as I said last last time I was on here, uh, it would be incredibly churlish of me to, to, complain, <laughs> to complain about these things. I can imagine again people might be switching switching off, off now, yeah. which is perfect time for us to switch off, Charlotte. Samuel, thank you very much thank for joining you. us you. on the Manchester's Red podcast. Please do leave us a review if you enjoyed the podcast and please subscribe on your relevant podcast platform.